Good morning. This is your wake-up call. Welcome to China Jedi Talk, where we interview a broad selection of the human race who spawn from different cities, towns, and villages in and around China and across the world to talk about life, business, love, strife, places, faces, different races, attractions, distractions, goals, and aspirations, creating selections, affections, opportunities, and connections, and as always, shining humor, love, and light on Chinese life. May the smile be with you. Can I just say that my questions just like yours are just begun? Can I just say that your questions just like mine are just begun? Cause it was breaking news. It is a little, I would say, I would. it's a little lonely because my partner is in the UK with the kids right now. We'll be returning soon. So that's weird, right? You go from this big city where you walk down the street and I'll see like 20 people I know, you know, because the expat community is close. And if you walk into anywhere, you know, people, you can sit down with them or, or not. (laughs) You can ignore them too, if you want (laughs) up to you, but here is, it's really, really quiet. So, you know, um, making friends is a, is a different experience here than Guangzhou. Hello, listeners. Welcome to a China Jedi Talk. It's been quite some time. This is episode number 13, uh, where we meet, chat and get to know various people from around the world, all of which, uh, of course, have some type of China connection, uh, whether it be actually being from China, living and working in China, doing business with China, or even having visited China as a tourist. So our special guest today is actually based not in China anymore, which I think why this episode is so interesting for us. Um, She's actually based now in in an island, a small island off of Bali, uh, wonderful Bali in Indonesia. And um, well, she is an online and I'm sure offline fitness expert guru coach. Uh, she is none other than Kara Watsky. Welcome back this time to China Jedi Talk, Kara. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. <laughs> and I, I'm superbly happy that you're here because, uh, as I said earlier, you've already been many years ago. We were thinking it's probably over four years now. I, I'd say probably around three years. Should have done my research um, to get the date. But you were on the China Jedi show. And listeners, if you're interested to do a little bit of a comparison and a juxtaposition, episode nine uh, of the China Jedi show titled R2 K2, and we'll get into why that is in a minute. But Cara was on, and uh, Anthony, uh, the co-host, was there at the time, and uh, we discussed many things. Uh, I've got down here the show notes, Cara. We've got changing sex, ping pong, swimming caps, pains in the ass, chicken farmers, and much, much more. I'd like to think uh, China Jedi have matured somewhat wow. since then. Wow, I need to re-listen to that episode. Oh my gosh, what yeah. were we talking about? <laughs> what were we talking about? But but in the main, what we really were showcasing was, of course, the great work and services that you were doing. Now, you came to our studio in Zhuhai. You were based in Guangzhou. And I think what's really marvelous today is we're going to see how you've developed, how your business has developed, how many people you've helped in the in the health and well-being industry to really take off and meet those health goals. I think you've done a wonderful service um, to society. And I really want to we really want to showcase that. It's the kind of thing we like to do, shine positive lights on things happening in China. And of course, you've made the big move 
uh, to barley as well, which is a really interesting aspect aspect because we're in a massive change, aren't we? I think everyone is really in flux and questioning everything and thinking of making those moves and combating their fears and all that. So I think this should be a really inspirational podcast. So look, let's go right back to when we were talking about ping pong and chicken farmers and things like that. And just give a quick, a quick, a quick little deluge into what you were doing at the time those years ago and how it's kind of developed and got even better. Well, goodness, based on uh, those uh, episode <laughs> notes that you have, I'm not sure what I was doing at the time, mate. But I do know in K2Fit, um, we were running our online fitness company in China, based in Guangzhou, and mm -hmm. we would travel around China to visit all of our members. And Zhuhai was one of our uh, biggest memberships. So we would come down there and run offline events as well as our online services and coaching. Um, so I always loved coming down to Zhuhai. It was beautiful to be by the sea and meet up with our with our clients and actually put, you know, like a tangible and physical face, have some mm -hmm. time, face time with our clients. Because um, like since then, we have gone fully online. So being able to like be in front of people uh, does give me like great joy. Uh, the thing with online, though, is we can reach a lot, lot more people. So that's why we went from boot camps and personal training to developing our online business, which now has helped over 6,000 people. Whereas wow. with personal training and boot camps is very limited in your hours per day. Online allows us to go to a lot more. So that's what we're doing at K2Fit. And I, and I think perfect what you just said there. I mean, there's only one Cara and there's only so much you can do in a day, right? So when you actually take a business online and, and of course where you are is full of digital nomadism, as they say, you can really hit a lot more customers and make a lot more impact. Um, Still, of course, that face to face is really important, isn't it? And, you know, as a teacher, you can't be face to face with the children. Um, it just doesn't make the same effect when you're just online. But of course, you know, it's better than nothing. Now, tell For me sure. about the, the business got 6000 people you've helped, which is brilliant. And you have these um, programs, you know, say for. Uh, I mean, before when we spoke, you had the free. So someone who wasn't really in the fitness game and just wanted to get started. Then you had that kind of a medium level. They'd done it before, but wanted to go a bit further. And then, of course, you had the expert level who really wanted to kind of stretch themselves um, with their goals. So is that still the main case? You still have those free kind of main personalized. Uh, yes. I don't want to say cookie cutter um, uh, programs, but in a way you have very creatively managed to hit those three target markets really well, yeah? For sure. Um, and just to go on this cookie cutter program, it is definitely not a cookie cutter program. <laughs> I think that's where people get confused though, right? Um, because in fitness, like we have six different main programs within the online site, but it's about the 23 other hours and coaching and mindset and wellness and giving people the tools to manage the other 23 hours they have in a day. Anyone can give a workout, right? I think, of course, my programs are the best because they're designed to transform bodies. But there's tons of other like fitness programs you can grab off free off mm -hmm. the like YouTube or the net or whatever. It's more about what I do as a coach, what my coaching team does, our team captains and the community and that support motivation and the inspiration that goes behind. So it's not just handing over a PDF with one 
program that people go, oh, okay, there's 6,000 people doing this program, whatever. Oh, okay, cool. No, it's much, much more than that. So while there's only six programs, there's six intricate programs and we modify to each level. So if you were my client mates and you said, Coach Kara, you know, I'm looking at day one and these three exercises together I can't do because of this reason. My knee hurts, my hip hurts, I can't do this. I'm actually coaching you through it. So we connect, even though that we're not in person, I would be like, okay, Chris, what I want you to do instead is bop, bop, bop. And I give you the tools to work around that. So while it may be a program that's launched out to a lot of people, it's very, very personalized in the fact that we're there coaching online, ready at any time with my team. Um, and that's the beauty of K2Fit is we've grown. So I've been able to hire coaches. I've been able to get captains that take care of people. So I, because imagine me on, with 6,000 people at one time, I <laughs> just be on my computer, like, oh my God, ticking away nonstop. It'd be impossible, right? So yeah, we've created this like coaching culture that goes out to our coaching team and to our captains and now through the community. Um, so I'm really proud of it. So uh, you yeah. might've touched a little bit of nerve, but I hope I <laughs> resonated with the fact that it's not cookie cutter in the sense that we do personalize coach in the program. Yeah, and I, and I think the word that you use there, which is really strong, of course, is community. And I think what you've, what you've described very well there is a holistic uh, community and one where you can personalize uh, via your um, trained captains that you have on your team. And, um, and I just think that's that holistic sense of, um, again, moving into the mindset as well. It's so important when we come to exercise. It's not just about the, the physical body as well. It's got to be right in the heart and in the mind, um, in the head, wherever mind is scientists Absolutely. haven't worked that out yet but if, <laughs> it's if, got to be if it was chris if it was as easy as me handing somebody a program and just saying eat well mm. we would all be super fit right because mm. we 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 know what to eat actually we know that we should eat whole foods and whole grains and lots of veggies and lots of fruits and lean proteins you know cut uh, excessive meats um you know like we know what to do uh but it's the mindset behind that what's going on it's much more than just handing a program and saying do good right so that's what we're trying to do in k2fit is really just coach along the way to make sure that people are are set up to hit their goals totally and of course everyone comes with a different motivation be it intrinsic extrinsic uh, a lot of us like you and me i'm sure you know we we exercise we just do it uh, our body drives us to do it whatever is that motivation wherever it's come from and you're like take me for example i'll actually like cara to exercise on my own i find it my own little meditation i don't particularly like doing weights and going to the gym but what i like is the afterwards feeling when the endorphins have gone around the body and you know and i like eating afterwards because i've done something good for myself and there's a motivation in there that's for me and some other people listening i'm sure will share that but then and this is where i think k2 fit was so wonderful um when we go back the years when we had you on first in episode nine was that the community that you created allowed people and i think there's probably a lot more people like this who don't want to get out of bed and go to the gym or they have some troubles in the mind where you know they don't want to be with people who are maybe more fit than they are and they, they, there's that kind of thing there as well where they don't want to go into a gym when they don't feel so you know as good as other people and what you created was for everybody a community feel where everyone came together and supported each other and if that's not what we need now more in the world then I don't know what is absolutely I totally agree
I would have to put down a lot of the success to our clients based on community. Like, I'd, I'd love to say, I'm the best coach in the world, and I think I'm okay. I'm pretty good. You know, we've helped 6,000 people, but really, it is the culture of what we do in the community, and, and I'm proud to be the coach of this amazing supportive community that helps a lot of people. Yeah, it's brilliant. And I say <laughs> we wish you push more and more and more because there's a lot of sick and unhealthy people out there. And um, as you said, we all know what we need to do, but there's a difference between knowing what to do and actually doing it. So you're really helping to fill that gap. I absolutely love it. So K2Fit, uh, everybody. What is the website, by the way, Cara? Just give us that. K2Fit.com. So it's okay. K2, like the number two, and FIT.com. And you could see the amazing creativity listeners being China Jedi, obviously not about Star Wars, but there's a little link that we put <laughs> R2K2 as in R2D2, uh, the little robot guy. Uh, so anyway, let's move on, because this is what really, really interests me. Um, of course, you built this wonderful community, over 6000 users of your programs. But you're no longer in Guangzhou. Uh, we should put some little violin piano music in here, maybe researchers. Uh, what happened because this is something that happened this year. We got in touch. We were like, let's do a podcast together. Some really good stuff we can do here. Um, tell me the process of where this came about, because you were doing really good stuff in Guangzhou. What was going on, Cara, that made these changes start to happen? So Guangzhou is kind of home to me, right? I have a tattoo actually now, the skyline of Guangzhou. I love it so much. Um, I live <laughs> where about, there whereabouts is the tattoo? It's just above my left elbow on the there back side. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Guangzhou, I mean, it, it was my home for almost 20 years, which is like half my life. Uh, so it's not, I, I didn't wake up and go, I want to leave Guangzhou. Um, we were enjoying life. My partner and I were there. The problem occurred in the fact that our kids had gone to England uh, to be with their dad for a bit. And now we're in this pandemic where we cannot leave China and return to China. So we got to a point, um, I think it had been about two years almost that we had not seen our kids. So we have three kids. That's a long wow. time to not hang out with your kids and be around them. Uh, and it was getting increasingly harder emotionally to be away from family, which I know a lot of people and a lot of listeners will will understand and appreciate um, in the sense that it's extremely, extremely difficult and heartbreaking right now, um, so many people apart. And uh, Christy and I were sitting at a pub, <laughs> you know, as you do, <laughs> sitting at a pub, having dinner. We're like sitting together. We work together full time. We live together full time. So we're together 24 seven and we enjoy and love each other's company. We're laughing, having, having a drink, having, having burgers. Yes, coaches do have drinks and burgers. If they tell you they don't, they're lying. 80-20. Mm. 80-20, um, 80-20 rule. You can still enjoy and be fit. So we were sitting there and we had this opportunity. Somebody had mentioned um, investing in a place, uh, in, a, in a property in Gili Islands in Indonesia. And we were like, well, that sounds weird, silly, we don't even know what it is, why would we do this? And then um, we're sitting at the pub and we're like, oh my gosh, wait, if we invest and we get our, they give us investors kitas, which means we're allowed to move to Indonesia, which means we could go visit our kids in the UK and go back because Indonesia was open at that time. And 
we just had this revelation. We're like, okay, we're, we hang out together all the time. Why are we here in Guangzhou when our business is fully online now? The only offline we do is for, for charity. We do uh, charity work for kids battling cancer. And those are the offline events we do. And then we visit our, our clientele as well and usually do like charity work there as well. But everything else was online. And we're like, oh my gosh, let's just do it. Let's move. And we just on a whim decided that night, like, and every day we were like, are we doing this? Are we actually going to do this? And we're like, yeah, let's go. Let's, let's make the shift. Whoa. Uh, well, there you go. So that I think is just inspirational in, in itself, Cara. And anyone listening now who's thinking of relocating or even potentially not even considering it. I think, you know, these challenges and huge challenges that have come from, you know, this pandemic, this control of virus, as I like to call it. And, it, and it's so upsetting to hear these stories. I mean, I had a good friend now. He's, he's moved to the UAE. So his family can come out and, and finally they'll be reunited after like, you know, over a year. It's just mad. I mean, your children, how old are they, Cara? Uh, the girls are 20 today. I have twin girls, so they're turning 20 today. And yeah. our boy is Well, working. happy birthday. Wonderful. Thank you. And 15. So two 20-year-olds and, and 15. I mean, you know, they need they need their folks around. It's important, you know, any point in life. And of course that tick the boxes. It's just amazing how it just comes from, you know, a friend, as you said, says something. It's like an mm. angel put something in front of you. You were aware enough to take a look at it um, and, and move forward. So let's focus on um, actually where you are. Now, to anyone who doesn't know, Bali, of course, is is one of the the islands in Indonesia. It's become a you know haven for tourism and well, lots of different things, not just tourism and clubbing and uh, diving and, and just amazing things. It's got the most resorts in the world, apparently, and most spas. Um, my researchers have told me, Cara. So if you like spas, yeah, yeah. Bali is the place to go. But you're actually not in Bali. You're in a you're on I'm one not. island, yeah, which is a set of three. Yeah, could you just quickly? explain that so i'm on gili air which is uh one of the gili islands there's three and this is the medium-sized one and it's very 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 quiet and very chill but that i think this is also a pandemic thing mm. um usually it's a bustling tourism spot more for families Whereas the other islands are a little bit more for party, I think. Um, but I'm just getting to know the islands a little bit. And it's very strange coming in when it's pandemic and there's no tourism. So it's a like I barely see people. <laughs> and very, there's only horses on the island. Very. Oh, that's lovely. Very, very bizarre times. And just, you know, on that note, Indonesia, can you, is it still closed down? I mean, Bali, of course, its biggest industry, which you're close to, is tourism. If tourists can't get in, then that's going to have a massive effect on all the service industry. Can people get in now, Cara, still, or is it still closed? They can get in now. They've just opened and they're opening Bali, I think, officially to tourism in middle of October. But you Brilliant. can get certain visas to get in, yes. That is wonderful news to hear. And how long have you been um, on your Robinson Crusoe Island for? Yeah, uh, <laughs> almost three months now. Okay, three yeah. months. I got to say, I I found, um, I was just looking at my, my little library I've got in my house and I, I saw this on the spine, Southeast Asia on a shoestring, Lonely Planet Guide listeners. 
it's about when I was traveling 20 years ago. So I, I got it out. It's still in good nick. And I had a look if Gilly, the Gilly Islands were on it and, and they were. And so I just want to read something here just to see if this resonates with your sure. three months now on the island. So it says, um, page 276, uh, for decades, backpackers have made the hop from Bali for a dip in the turquoise-tinted bathtub warm waters of the tiny, irresistible Gilly Islands and stayed longer than they anticipated. Perhaps it's the deep-water coral reefs teeming with sharks, rays, and reasonably friendly turtles, question mark. Maybe it's the serenity that comes with no motorised traffic, dogs or cops. Well, we know we have horses. Um, or could it be the beachfront bungalows, long stretches of white sand and the friendly locals? My gosh, I feel I'm there now with you doing the podcast each of these jungled pearls located just off the northwestern tip of lombok have their own unique character but they have one thing in common they are all hard to leave and then it goes on to say family friendly Air, which of course you are um talking to us from is the closest to the mainland i think it's about it's less than 10k isn't it looking at this map quite short yes yeah, um, with plenty of homestays dotted among the palm trees uh, Mellow Gilimeno, oh, the middle island, that's the other island. Gilimeno, right? Gilimeno? Gilimeno, yeah. Okay, and the other one is Gili Troangan. Troangan? Yes. Yeah. Troanga? Okay. I don't know. I, I don't know how to say it yet. I'm still learning Bahasa Indonesia. Cara, <laughs> it, says, it says there's 800 people that live on Gili Troangan. How many people live on Gili Air? They said around 2,000, but it's got to be less than Gili T. Um, ah. And right now it's definitely less, but everything you just read is completely accurate. It's ah, interesting. gorgeous. I went swimming with turtles and they're like, hi. <laughs> okay. Oh, they don't talk ah. underwater, but they kind of look at you like, <laughs> hi. Yeah. It was an amazing, amazing experience. And it's gorgeous here. I'm, I'm looking at the map listeners of Gilead, top right hand corner. And it's almost like, um, it's like a tooth. Actually, if I was to take a tooth out of my mouth, it's got that little kind of um, yeah. N shape at the bottom, uh, right. and a bit dysfunctional maybe to the left. But you're looking at 500, uh, I mean, literally a kilometre across and then probably two yes. kilometres up. So you could walk around the island in probably about 90 minutes. Yes, it's about, um, wow. I think people do it in about an hour if they're going pretty fast. Yeah. Well, Miss Watsky, I think you're absolutely crazy, which is why I absolutely respect you. You have moved from a megaopolis of Guangzhou, smog, um, just busy, stressed out people to an island of less than two kilometers, one kilometer in diameter. I mean, come I on. It's crazy, Tell right? us, how has that hit you in a good way? And also, you know, there must have been a few little EBGBs like, oh, what have I done? It's just natural. We have those saboteurs. Um, just yeah, give me that last three months. What's the process been for you? Or you've just been so busy with stuff because I know you are busy with, um, you know, with the property and everything. I'm busy. Um, always running the online programs, but I'm almost finished my first book. Finally, it's been taking wow. years to do. Uh, so I've taken the serenity and the calm, quiet mm. of Gilly to just take some time to um, write, really. It is a little, I would say, I would. it's a little lonely because my partner is in the UK with the kids right now. We'll right. be returning soon. So that's weird, right? You go from mm. this big city where you walk down the street and I'll see like 20 people I know, you know, because the expat community is clo close. And if you're 
walk into anywhere, you know people, you can sit down mm. with them or, or not. <laughs> you can ignore them too <laughs> if you want, up to you. But here is, it's really, really quiet. So, you know, um, making friends is a, is a different experience here than mm. Guangzhou. Guangzhou, I felt, was like super easy. Like you could walk up to anyone and just be like, hey, where are you from? What are you doing? And mm. here, I think because it's such a tourist capital or capita is that people think you're a tourist when you first arrive so nobody right. really talks to you <laughs> so i'm just getting in now now i have a couple friends i'm like oh hey yeah you're nice okay cool mm. uh so that's kind of been the big shift is is not having a similar expat community to what china was because even anywhere you traveled in china i really felt uh, really super super um, welcomed by expats because they were like, what mm -hmm. the heck are you doing in China? Mm -hmm. um, and not to say the expats here are not friendly. They just don't know. They, they assume everyone's a tourist because it's so busy all the time. So I finally got in with the uh, expat community, some of them, and that's what they explained. They're like, Kara, they thought you were a tourist. Of course, people aren't going to just come and hang out with you because why bother? If you're here for a weekend, they... They don't want to go through the same rigor mall. What are you doing here? How long have you been yeah. here? What do you, you know, this kind of thing. So, yeah, but other than that, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to go from honking horns and construction every single morning and every single night in Guangzhou. I didn't realize how much it was actually getting to me. So while I love China and the city center and I miss that bustle and hustle in many ways, I don't miss waking up and going to sleep too loud. I, I really, really like this calm, quiet. You mm -hmm. don't hear anything really. Birds. Fascinating. Horses, maybe. Horses. Along. Uh, uh, monitor lizards are famous here. Wow. Monitor lizard is like a Komodo. There's one big one living outside my villa. He's a little scary sometimes if I run into him. I'm like, oh, hey, hey, I'm just going to back away. I, I think, I don't know if listeners can hear, some little birds in the background, which is which is uh, wonderful. Mosquitoes, by the way, just off the off the head. Do you get Mosquitoes a lot of those? Not, not too bad. Okay. Not too bad. Uh, small little ants everywhere. Those, are, those were a little tricky at the first. They would go into all of my food, even if you they were stuck oh. in jars and things. So. Wow. Um, I actually made the, uh, how to say, I, I went out purposefully and bought some Kraft mac and cheese, which is horrible for your health, but delicious Ugh. for your taste buds. <laughs> Look at kids love it. My okay. kids love it. Ugh. I know. But so I have this like once every couple months, it's just, yeah, I feel like a kid again. This is the thing. And so, <laughs> so going back to eating, like, so we emotionally eat sometimes. Right. And that to me, like mac and cheese, I'm like. Oh, so I went out and bought mac and cheese because I was like, there's going to be one day here on this small island because you have to go to the mainland to buy anything, right? Any right. like import stuff, you, you have to go out by boat. So I was like, okay, I'm going to have mac and cheese at some point. So I'm just going to get it. Those little <laughs> ants got into my <laughs> mac and cheese box and got started eating the macaroni. I'm like, who eats raw pasta? Apparently small ants do. I learned my lesson. <sighs> Well, this is the also the difference of, you know, I'm talking to you now 24 floors up um, mm -hmm. and I'm sure in Guangzhou, you probably weren't on the ground floor, right? No, I was at 29 for yeah. eight years. Yeah. 
So again, when we get closer to nature, into more, nat- I guess, natural environments, we do live closer to the ground, which is exceptionally brilliant and wonderfully more healthy, in my opinion. Mm. But with it, of course, comes the introduction of of nature, uh, yes. na- natural things such as ants. But um, you've worked a way around it, I'm sure. Yes. Um, and you've managed to have your mac cheese. I do like it actually sometimes with ketchup. And if you can cut up a little bit of spinach, or you'd probably say uh, kale um, or something like that into it, then it can add a little bit of the good stuff in. <laughs> I eat the salad on the side. I have the mac cheese like totally plain, and then I have a big salad on the side. Okay, so really fascinating stuff actually there that you that you brought up about the the clear differences. And I, you know, I have some friends on on the I say on the mainland, on the bigger island called Bali, mm-hmm. and they were saying now that you know since the stuff that's happened and the borders being closed, that the people who are now in Bali aren't the tourist people. They're, they're not the drunken. Um, well, I, I don't want to put the Aussies down and generalize yeah, or anything, I knew you were but you know, yeah. And of course, they've all gone. So people, you know, the Balinese and and uh, the expats there are really quite loving life in a way and 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 he says that the ones now who are on bali are the ones that love bali and they're they're there for the long term and they want the best for bali and i and i think again good things can come from bad and um i'm a firm believer yeah i'm an absolute firm believer in that and they make change and um if we do it in the right way then uh then, then we can get things even better than before so um that's really interesting now on that note here's a little question for you i found out researchers have passed me which country visits Bali the most per year? Forget, obviously, last year, because hardly anyone's visited. Uh, let's go 220. I've got 220 data here, Cara. The country that visits uh, Bali, uh, which is close to you the most. I would say Australia. Australia. And, of course, you're absolutely right. 222,000 <laughs> Australians, Aussies, or around about in 220, adorned Indonesia and specifically um, Bali. Now, what about the second one? Mm. England? England. England. I don't know if people have got enough money now in England to come all the way out to wonderful Bali. It's not England. I'll give you one more guess. China? Absolutely. Uh, There was the link. 117,000 Chinese visited in 2020. They are the second um, uh, biggest uh, country that that visits Indonesia, Bali each year. And just to put it in perspective, listeners and Cara, so France is the most tourist visited country in the world. I think something like 90, I think 89 something million people visit there a year on average, which is quite something. And so when you look at Bali, um, apparently they have 6 million tourists that visit per year. Not as much, obviously, as right. France, but when you think of it being a small island, you know, a bird, which is, you know, the spiritual capital in the middle of Bali, right? They get three million visitors a year and there's only 74,000 residents, listeners. So, you know, you're looking at per tourist, per square mile, probably Bali and where you are, it's got to be way up there, huh? Yeah, it must be. I, I mean, yeah, that's incredible. It's such mm. a high, high number. But yeah. I guess that that's the the great thing for the locals is that it's quiet now, but not for anyone running a business, I would oh, yeah. think, right? With exactly. tourism being at a halt. But yeah, yeah, I have a good friend, a German man who made the move like you last year, just before lockdown actually happened in Bali. They they invested in a in a beautiful boutique hotel 
um, mm -hmm. outside of Abud. Fantastic. Uh, they've got three children. So they got there. And now since then, uh, from then until now, they've not had one single customer um, because of the situation at the moment. Oh, now, no. of course, what have they done? They haven't just sat down and cried. Um, they've got on renovating, getting the children involved, making honey, um, growing vegetables, you know, all things like that. And I just hope, um, you know, all, all the people in Bali and these tourist islands like yours that now, as you said, it starts to open, that there can just be this wave of positive income um not just in a money sense so yeah it's uh, there's some really really interesting heartbreaking stories as well but some really good positive ones that come from it cara now on the connection sure. of chi on china because you've come from china china mm -hmm. the chinese have had a long history um in indonesia and of course bali the popular tourist island i'm sure some would have gone over to gilead have you met any chinese people yet by the way on your robinson crusoe island I have not. I have hmm. not actually. Not even one. Nope. Okay. Well. Well, that's going to be a. Going to lose all my Mandarin. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Have to take online courses for Mandarin to keep it let's, up. Let's not talk about that. Let's move swiftly on. Of course, the the Chinese moved uh, or they came around. Bali in Indonesia is known as the um. Oh, what's it? Was part? It's part of the Maritime Silk Road, isn't it? So I think the Chinese were coming through on ships and and, it, and they're going the other way as well. And they would have been trading things like. Um, ceramics and spices, uh, raw materials, uh, gold tin, sandalwood, and I'm sure um, <laughs> some other naughty stuff as well, of course, that was going around there and plays a big part in the history of uh, these islands. And um, yeah, I'm actually delving into that now. I'm reading some really interesting books, as I'm sure um, you have done. So there's a big connection to China. You've now moved from China. Are you going to be doing anything kind of directly with China, Cara, business-wise, um, aside, I'm sure, of course, from helping Chinese people uh, with their fitness goals? So we still own our company within China. We didn't just pull everything out. Right. So we still have, have our company there. We will still run charity events there. And we are putting Chinese content on our We channels as well. So we very much hope to stay within China and the China market. And as soon as we can, come back and create and do more of the offline events by visiting our our people there because we have a we have a big following in china and we don't we don't want to lose that we want to mm -hmm. help and we want people to know that we're still here on the ground available you know we're online and virtual but we will definitely be doing our china tour i like to call it a tour I like to think of me having backup dancers <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, don't get all rock and roll on me now. Um, no, just, so, so here's an idea, and I'm sure you've already thought about it. Um, it of course, instead of going to China all the time, and I've, I've just said China, China are the second biggest um, visitors to Indonesia. I am sure you could wrap up a beautiful program where they come uh, and, and do something in Gili Air with you. They come for a week or something like that. Wouldn't that be wonderful? And you do cooking and you get to see them face to face. That'd be an absolute smashing program. That yeah, that's the future of what we've done here. So we've invested in a villa and then property next to us. So we want to mm. buy, uh, sorry, build one more villa plus build a shala so we can run K2Fit retreats here. And that would be totally inclusive of, yeah, our strength training, yoga, food, fitness, mindset, the whole work. So that's, that's the goal for offline here on Gilly. Wow, that's Sounds absolutely awesome. When you said chalet, you mean like a, what is that? Is it chalet like they, or? A... 
it's a like a yoga studio kind of thing. So we want to have like maybe okay. functional fitness down the bottom mm -hmm. and then yoga space, like a studio up top. Um, we used to run helipads in Guangzhou where we did these like big events up on the helipads. So mm -hmm, we're mm -hmm. trying to think of how we could create this on this really small island. So the helipad here might be just two stories, but <laughs> we might create something like that. We think it'd be cool. I've just got this horrible image, though, of like multiple helicopters coming down with K2 Fit logos. I'm no, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know, the, all of the sand and the animals blasting out. No, of course you, you no, wouldn't do like not. that. No, 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 no. <laughs> very, very, very calm. We just use the play on words, probably. Yes, yeah. Indeed. Well, I'm kind of nudging myself here that when that does happen, I think we need to invite uh, China Jedi over to do an in-depth video vlog uh, podcast type diary of this wonderful launch, Cara. Absolutely. <laughs> For sure. All expenses okay. paid on KTJ, yeah. right? You said it. It's on here. It's on here. Get that down. <laughs> If you enjoy listening to the China Jedi podcast and want to get involved, either by asking a question, expressing your opinion, good or bad, light or dark, or even appearing as a special guest, then get in touch by emailing our team at info at chinajedi.com. That's info at chinajedi.com. May the smile be with you.